Hi everyone, it's Liz, your host of Coffee and Convos. Welcome back to another episode. This episode and the following two are going to be a little different. I got to have the opportunity to be on a local radio station and show some podcast love while the host was out. So me and a few friends, we went and we talked about politics, wellness, and activism, but in a different format. We got to host a three-hour segment on WATR 1320, and here is the episode broke into three-hour segments. Hope you enjoy, and see you soon. Welcome now to a Friday Talk of the Town. Steve Noxon on vacation this week returns on Monday. We have brought you this week a great set of special guest hosts. Today, community advocates and leading voices of Waterbury's rising generation, Elizabeth Bullard, Charnell Bush, Dimitri Coles, and Bilal Tajaldeen. And now, Talk of the Town until one here on WATR. A wonderful intro from WATR. Good morning, everyone. It's Liz here, host of Coffee and Combos podcast. And uh, just community, I don't want to say troublemaker, but we'll say community voice. (laughs) I like the way that they said that, community voice. Um, So good morning. I'm here with some awesome, wonderful people and good friends. So I'm going to pass it to my left. How you doing, Dimitri? Thanks, Liz. I'm doing great. This is Dimitri Coles, president of Waterbury Strong and uh, long and faithful Waterbury resident. I'm just glad to be back on Talk of the Town with my good friends here to talk about some things that have been on our minds for the past few years and um, continue to stress us out from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) We live with the stress. Uh, My name is Sharnell Bush. I am a longtime resident of Waterbury as well, as well as a uh, candidate for state senate in the 15th district. I'm just happy to be here to discuss all the important things and fun things about our city. Great. Good morning, everyone. My name is Bilal Tashaldeen. I'm a water area resident like everyone else here, which is always fun that it's, I'm never the first person to say it in a lineup of folks. Um, also a co-founder with uh, great colleagues, Rafael Rosario and Maybeth Morales Davis uh, for It's Time Waterbury, which is a new group in Waterbury that looks at policy and electoral politics in the city. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so if you remember, we were here. Um, Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. And we started off with a game. Bilal, do you have a game for us? Yeah, so this game, um, so last last time we did a more of like a game show variety where we picked between two things in Waterbury and decided which one was our favorite out of those two things. So we talked about like the taco trucks behind the mall or bagel spots. Um, this time what we're going to do is more like a reflective practice uh, in a lot of you know, uh, community organizing spaces or in conferences, there's a practice called Rosebud Thorn, which is where you pick sort of a topic and you name the rose, which is something that's really beneficial or nice about a program or a a place. A bud, which is something you're hopeful grows. And then a thorn, something you wish might change. So I figured um, there's four of us here. We sort of live all around Waterbury. We're all over the city all the time. So it might be a fun way to start off the hour or the hours with a show called sort of Rosebud Thorn Waterbury Edition. I love it. And for those who are watching on Facebook Live, we want to see you in the comments. What is your Rosebud Thorn? That's right. So um, anyone want to start? Anyone feel moved to start? We're starting with Rosebuds or Thorns. Yeah, I'm, whichever. Hmm. All right. I'm calling it now. Nope, I'm taking it. Okay. 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 Before okay. anyone else, Baker and Honey. It's a oh, bud. Oh, that's not fair. Listen. Wow. So what? 
uh, bud, right? It's budding. Oh, it's budding, oh, okay. right? Okay. Is that how we play this game? Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a new, it's a new okay. restaurant in downtown Waterbury, so it's opened up, I think, in December, right? Yeah. Uh, so definitely, I probably like any restaurateur might tell you, it's mm-hmm. still budding and developing. All right, that's boom. Took it off the table. That's, love it. That's a good one. Um, I love the caramel macchiatos, and I had the chicken panini the other day. Oh. It's a great, great food. Hangover wrap is what I'm. <laughs> Have you tried? This quickly divulged into one of our favorite baker and honey menu items. <laughs> the caramel macchiato will trap you, though. It is it is a trap. Have you yeah. tried the banana pudding yet? I have not, but it has oh. that chessman cookie instead yes. of the vanilla wafers. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. we are we sound real. <laughs> we, we sound <laughs> like four people who haven't had breakfast yet. <laughs> right. Um, any, so anyone want to say a? Are we just doing a, this, are all of our buds menu but, items? I have, well, I have right? a bud. I all right, have, to I have a bud, and I want to keep it downtown. And it's uh, Central Square downtown. Um, it's a new bar slash concept space by Waterbury locals. Um, it's great live music, great drinks. They have good buffalo chicken paninis. Oh. Um, yes, yes, and chicken parm ones as well. Um, I get the slide. I should have buffalo. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it's definitely. Um, a great space to come down and, you know, just have fun with friends, family. They do, you know, trivia nights, game nights, you know, live music. Um, and it's just a great space to have downtown, especially when, you know, we're trying to improve Waterbury's nightlife anyways. Yeah. That's my bud. Yeah. So I'm going to just jump ahead of everyone just in case anything else gets taken. (laughs) I would just say like the new like small business that like entrepreneurial spirit that's popping up all over Waterbury mm-hmm. specifically um we talk about Baker and Honey and Central Square like these minority owned like women owned businesses I love I want to see more of those yes I think that that gets me excited mm-hmm. um and what's the the bourbon I discovered the other day because of I'd emailed them once, but it's 70-something, the bourbon that's, like, owned by four black dudes. I didn't even know. Yes. 17 It's actually very good. Yeah. I didn't know this was a thing. So, things like that I would love to see just pop up. Like, people who live here just building on their own life experiences and Mm -hmm. who they are. It's fun for me. Where Mm -hmm. is this? It's it's a bourbon. It's just oh. in stores. Oh, okay. We've got a oh my old stuff. I'm like, where is it? Where's, where's this place? Oh, yeah, That's we'll, funny. We'll talk off. We'll oh yeah, off we don't want to sound. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would say probably my bud, um, a little bit more literal, is the East End Community Club Garden. Ooh, what what? Liz Shout the East End out. Community Club have been working on a lot. Um, I you know I made the first couple of build days. I haven't I haven't had a chance to come back since, but I'm really looking forward actually to um. Planting some stuff. We'll be back Sunday. Yeah, great. <laughs> Intentional. Yeah, I have a lot of things in my backyard that grow, and I don't really, I don't tend to any of them. So this will be a fun experience to actually build in the East End Community Club. Awesome. All right. So I took the first bud. Anyone have a rose? Let's not all jump at our mics. Okay. Honestly, we love this city. You seem ready. Ah, uh, no. But I will go first, and I'll make a quick decision. Um, my, the thing I love about Waterbay, and I think it's going to be really on track for what we've been talking about. Um, part of it is just, again, the diversity of Waterbury and like leaning into it. But I think the way we all like engage in culture in Waterbury first usually is food. Mm. Like there's so many new food spots and fun food spots in Waterbury that it makes me happy that no matter what part of town you're in, if you see like, I didn't even know I was here before. And so it's on my list of things to try. And so I'm always, I'm always excited to do that. Okay. That's great. I'll go. Um, I think my rose, it's not something physical, more of something that I, like a feeling that I have. And it's just, you know, just having normal conversations with people is that there are people who legitimately want to stay here Mm -hmm. and really want to see 
changes and improvements in their community, right? And they're not will they're not just you know hightailing up like you know what there's nothing here there's nothing here for me let me move to someplace that's already established and um i think that's strong mm. you know and at times even though waterbury seems like kind of like diversified or like disconnected in, the, in their sense of community like you could tell that it is obtainable if you know we just expand and you know get closer to one another so yeah. that that feeling is still there and it gives me hope. So that's my rose for uh, for Waterbury. That's great. Liz, do you have a rose for Waterbury? I'm a try. No, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I love the spirit of, of try that is here. Like, there, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how hard things get, no matter how sometimes leadership um, does not heed or listen to the voice, there is this spirit of try. There is this spirit of I'm going to keep going no matter how hard, you know, it is to enter politics. You see new faces popping up. And so there is just this wonderful spirit of try that um, I think is really admirable. Mm-hmm. What about for you, Bilal? I would say um, one of the roses I'm feeling, we, so we just, over the weekend, a group in, in the state called Equality Connecticut that me and a, a couple friends who are from Waterbury are actually, we're on the board of, we hosted a post-Pride brunch at, at the Lakewood Park Gazebo. Um and I had never really spent much time in Lakewood Park, so I'm, I'm feeling like a lot of appreciation for not only places that we actually have access to as Waterbury residents that, you know, the process to have the gazebo for an event was as easy as going down to the Parks Department and saying, is this date available? Can I get a permit for it? And they're like, yeah, here you go. Like, that's the ease that we can actually do things in some parts of town is really, really great, and that there's so many options, not only, like, like uh not only the gazebo, but Hamilton Park, Fulton Park. Like, there's actually a lot of spaces, um, which makes me sort of excited about some things coming down the pipeline that we actually have a cool space to do them in. Mm-hmm. And now it's the thorn portion. Things we hope improve. Oh, goodness. You know? he, couldn't just, he couldn't just say the, the things idea. you don't like. He had to end with hope. I can't you know, stand it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think in a past life, I must have been like a middle school teacher. <laughs> You know, it's got to end on a high note somehow. But are you saying the high note is eighth grade graduation? Or are you saying that? The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are some what are some thorns? If you can limit it to one, if you have to give it two, that's I think that's OK. But <laughs> things you hope improve. You know, why don't you start this time? OK, I can start. Um, so I was I was just saying a minute ago, one of the things I really hope improves. So I live in Bully Manor, which is on the east end. Um, it's a neighborhood, sort of the one right behind Sweet Maria's. And one of the things I really hope improve over the next couple of years is there are parts of Meriden Road that have a sidewalk, and then suddenly that sidewalk is gone. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And there's no crosswalk. There is no button to press. Like, you really have to, like, I can't tell you how many times I've had to look at the stop sign or the stoplights, figure out, okay, are they all red? Can I cross? Because people are pretty reckless on Meriden Road. Um, but some actual sidewalks, some actual maybe bike paths right to get from anywhere to Marin Road down to Hamilton Park would be great. Um, we, I would really like to see walkability in Waterbury improve dramatically because it's, it's, we're not a very walkable city. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'll go next. Um, so me being um, from the north end of, you know, of Waterbury, I would like to see like more access for youth like in the north end uh, recreation center. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I know that, you know, they have like the basketball courts and everything on the outside, but, you know, there have been plenty of people that I've talked to who, you know, they want to hold events in the North End Recreation Center, 
you know, they want to run programs for youth and they just don't have the access to do that yet. And I view the recreation center as or essentially a community center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it should be open access. It should benefit um, a lot of the people there. And the same thing um, with uh, the WOW yeah. <clears throat> as well. So um, that should be open access um, to a lot of members of the community, especially after school and during the summer. Um, and I feel like um, better access to that is something I would definitely like to see improved. Charnel, Liz, it looks like you guys are debating each other. Charnel, you next. go ahead and then I'll I'll finish up and throw us to our first break. Uh, perfect. So, <clears throat> hmm, things that we can improve. I I was trying not to go for the low hanging fruit, but I, it's impossible. Like I'm running for office, and I think that what I would love to see improved is representation mm. um, in leadership. And I don't mean just like having POC in leadership because people will argue that there are Latinos and there's black people in, in elected f- positions and commissions. and But people who are connected in the way that they need to be, people who have the life experiences of the residents, people who are younger, I'm not afraid to say it, people who are working class and understand working class strife and what it looks like, especially now with inflation and all these things. Diversity of idea. Like, Diversity of, yeah, yes. of ideas. Like, would can just we be, just get that? <laughs> right. Where we, we all don't feel like people are just going along with whatever is expected of you instead of just actively like advocating and representing the people that you've chosen to represent. Like you mm-hmm. put yourself in a position to be responsible. And I feel like people are abdicating that responsibility constantly. So I wish that would improve. Oh, these are all fantastic. All right. I'm going with, um, I just want there to be something open past 730 that's like good <laughs> and fun. Like, I just want to go and maybe have some dinner and then like, hey, let's walk down a couple paces and get some ice cream. And you know what? Hey, let's go in and get this b- boutique over here. I want to actually be able to do something in my city instead of driving to West Hartford or mm. New Haven. Like, I want to do stuff here. I want to pour my money here Mm. (laughs) so like i i look forward to the day where um i want to buy a whole strip and just pop 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 put businesses in that's what i want to do absolutely all right so good game love it any closing thoughts before we take our first break Go to Baker and Honey. I feel like yes, <laughs> right. right. Yes. What Bilal didn't mention was that the brunch was catered by. Yes, the, the, <laughs> the post pride brunch we had last weekend was catered by Baker and Honey, and they did a phenomenal job. And the whole family came down. It was really. They haven't asked us to plug them so hard, but right. like, they're just, just really, so good. Yeah, they're just really good. And Brandy's awesome. Like if you've ever, if you when you go yeah. in, Brandy's gonna be the person who you speak to, and she she's the sweetest person. Her kids are adorable. Yes. Like. All of it. Like, and if you go on to the Coffee and Convos Instagram page, you'll see my review of the um, banana pudding. So, yeah, drinking game, I'm plugging Coffee and Convos and all my yeah, projects yeah, yeah. hard. So whether it is a coffee, orange juice, or whatever your beverage of choice, uh, get prepared. And that brings us to our first break. So we're throwing it right back, and we'll see you in a little bit. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it does not have to be. With Zencaster, you have a whole tool that can make remote podcasting that much easier. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcast production suite that gives you studio-quality audio and video without needing all the tech-savvy know-how. It records each guest locally, 
then uploads the crystal clear audio and video right into the suite so you can have the high quality raw materials that you wanna work with. This works really great when my guest is talking and Preston just won't stop barking. I'm able to just cut out his barks and keep all of my guest audio. To access Zencaster and all its tools with a 30% off coupon, go to zen.ai forward slash coffee combos. That's Z-E-N dot A-I forward slash C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O-N-V-O-S and type in the promo code coffee combos. That's C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O-N-V-O-S for 30% off for three months. Hello, hello. Good morning. We are back on WATR 1320 AM and I am Liz, host of Coffee and Compost Podcast. And I'm here with three wonderful folks. Uh, we'll start at the end. Introduce yourself way down there. Who am I with? Hey, everyone. Bilal Tajlin, Waterbury resident. And like I said a minute ago, one of the co-founders of It's Time Waterbury, a new collective in Waterbury, looking at electoral and policy politics. Boom. Really quaint face. Okay. I am Charnel Bush. I am a candidate for state senate in the 15th district and longtime Waterbury resident. All right. And I'm Dimitri Coles, president of Waterbury Strong. And if you're just joining us, what are you doing? Tell your boss that you need to be listening to us today. Uh, you know, like take that coffee break for the next two and a half, three hours. You know, why not? Um, so we just got done with a game where we shouted out some awesome um, local businesses, things we love about the city, and things that we hope will change and that some of us are actually actually actively changing in the community. And so um, if you're new to us and you're new to um, Talk of the Town, we're going to take some time and do some updates, tell you about what we've been up to. So um, the last time we were on, it was in November. And sure now, was your campaign beginning for primarying at that time? It was. It was. It started, oh, I want to say it was October 16th is the like kickoff that we did. Um, I guess I'm going first with yes. updates. Okay, yeah. see, how I, see, how, <laughs> see how you toss that to me. Uh, yeah, so since then, we've kind of hit the ground uh, running. We've, as a campaign, I say we because Bilal is part of my campaign team, but we've been out in community events and knocking on doors. Um, part of the process is gathering signatures and conventions and uh, convention angle the way we expe- we wanted it to. I can't say expected because we expected people to not, you know, move for change or whatever. Uh, <laughs> right? Have some backbones. But we are. Um, but we moved on to the signature process. Um, I think I can say here for the first time. Like, unfortunately, we did not hit the threshold for signatures to primary and be on the ballot. But that does not mean we're going away. We will see uh, the incumbent in November for the general election. So, are you on as a write-in, or did you get enough signatures to be? Um- um, on the ballot, kind of walk us through that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so we are we are going minor party. So we're going to okay. run Working Families Party. Nice, um, nice. And so yeah, it'll be more of a, a head-to-head than we expected it to be <laughs> in it. November. But it's going to be an exciting summer, a fun fall. I, I look forward to the opportunity to talk to more residents. Like I said, we knocked on 2,300 doors um, getting these signatures. And I think the, the benefit of that is that a lot of people – um, we're meeting a candidate for the first time, and they mm. got to meet me first. And so mm. it was nice to to have that leg up, and I'm excited to keep doing that, educating people on what my my platform is, what my vision is for this uh, community, and go from there. 
Fantastic. And so you, you're running, um, you said, with the running uh, the Working Families Party. Yeah. Now, educate folks. Does that mean you can only vote for you if you are part of the Working Families Party? Right. That's a good question. Absolutely not. Any, just like in any general election, no matter what party uh, you are registered to, you are able to vote uh for anyone at any party. So if you're a Republican, you can vote for a Democrat or you can vote for me on the Working Family Party's line and vice versa and all those other things. So as long as you are a registered voter come November, you can vote for me and you should. (laughs) That's right. Plug yourself. I love that. Dimitri, um, during that time, we were, it seems like ages ago, like we were running with uh, Team Waterbury during that time. Yes. Uh, how has life been since post-election? Uh, it's been a continuous decompressing period. <laughs> um, you know, it was my first experience into electoral politics. Um, everything I knew before that was from the out- looking from the outside in. Um, and I can tell you that it takes a lot to be in the ring. You know, there's a lot of planning. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, you're asked to do that you might necessarily not you know, want to do because it doesn't sit right with your spirit. And then you you, meet, you get to meet different people and other community connections. And um, it gives you a scope of the larger landscape of, you know, electoral politics, especially here mm. um, in, in Waterbury. So, you know, after that time, I definitely took a break, like a long extended break um, to be transparent, there were times where I even thought if I wanted to do it again, mm-hmm. you know, so I had to go to, you know, a reflectory period after that, you know, talk to some people, um, and kind of like get revitalized, you know, to, you know, keep going in the community work. And I'm glad I did because, um, it's very important work and somebody has to do it. Mm. I, I love that because it, it is a taxing mm-hmm. process, especially, um, I think people forget, like when you are working full time, yes. when you have a you know life, or you have you know just like just friends and family obligations, and then you're taking on on this work, mm-hmm. and sometimes you do not see the payoff for the long run. Right. It can be very taxing. So I'm glad you like took that space to reflect and things like that. And uh, you didn't just kind of sit on your hands. You just had a community event not too long ago. Yes, yes. Um, on June 18th, the Saturday on Waterbury Strong, we did our annual Juneteenth celebration. It was our third one. So our second year doing it in that format. Um, it was great. You know, it was great to see Charnel. He came and he came and spoke. Um, it's time Waterbury had a table, so they were able to engage in the community. Mm-hmm. So, but I was there as well. Yep. Um, we just we wished that the wind was cooperating with us <laughs> that day because it was very, very windy that day. But it was still a good experience. You know, a lot of local black businesses were able to come and you know brand themselves to the community. Nice. Um, a lot of artists were able to display their talents. Um, the food vendors are great. There's activities for the kids, and um, we're actually we actually use that um, event. Um, Waterbury Strong does for those reasons um, for a community event and also to filter businesses into what we call our Waterbury Black Business Network. Very nice. So, yeah, that's in the works right now. It will be on our website, which is um, also going through maintenance right now. But pretty soon, all the businesses that have been in our first, our, our second annual Juneteenth um, celebration and the third, which is the one that just passed, they will be in a database. So, um, with, you know, contact information, locations. So, if Very you nice. want to support any of those businesses, you'll be able to go to our website and find them and order from them. So, Look at making change on the local front. Snaps. Mr. Tajaldeen. <laughs> 
the man who never sleeps. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> what are like five of the hundred things? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, before before we talk about that, yeah, when Charnel was speaking a second ago, it's it's sort of now dawned on me that four of us here are all folks who have now run yeah. in a local election. Um, Charnel continuing to run, but now switching from a Democratic primary into a third party run. Um, I just feel like that's pretty cool. Like, I don't know if that, if like, I think so. That's pretty amazing, right? And for, you know, three of us have not won, right? We didn't win our elections. Four of us. Oh, wait, I'm well, sorry. Sure, no, I'm about to say, three of us, you know, ran and didn't win. But I don't think any of us, outside of obviously taking a break after you run, yeah. because it is a very grueling process in, in, very emotional ways, right? Like, it's very draining to run for public office. But the three of us haven't stopped doing anything, and Charnel continues yeah. to do work. Yes. Like, I think that's pretty cool. And I don't know... Because I haven't seen our elected officials. Oh, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's They cool. show up to stuff and take photos. Sure. and it's and <laughs> Take it's... photos. <laughs> Yeah, it's so shady. That's the work. It's so sunny in here because there's just too <laughs> much not, shade. It's I don't not, know what to say. I don't think it's shade if we're saying it out loud. Well, it's like, <laughs> into a radio. But I think it's. I think that's pretty great. And so I just I feel a lot of appreciation for for the fact that even though you know three like I said three of us lost we didn't we're not shirking away from yeah our responsibility to our neighbors right. Um, so anyway, that's my other middle school soapbox for the for the morning. But I'd say since um, since the last time we were on the air in November. We've now launched It's Time Waterbury, which is a, a collective that um, the four of us have played a role in, plus many people. We have a, a website, itstimewaterbury.com. Um, and our goal is to, is to in, on, starting on September 17th, we're taking applications now to run a, a volunteer campaign school, right? So folks who are in Waterbury who want to get more involved in electoral politics – what I think all of us have mm -hmm. encountered running is that we have really engaged folks who don't know how to volunteer yeah. on a municipal or statewide office, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's fair, right? There's not a lot of campaigning that happens in Waterbury. I think last election was the first time I saw any any other of my fellow Democratic Party members actually knocking on doors, mm -hmm. right? At least since I was since I've been politically conscious, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we're starting this campaign school to start building a bench and building a base of folks who have a lot of passion for Waterbury, like Dimitri said, are not trying to leave, mm -hmm. right? We're not all trying to be like, oh, well, I'm too cool for Waterbury, so let me go to New Haven or something, right? Mm -hmm. We're like, we're sticking around because this is our home. I tried. It was too expensive. It is way <laughs> too expensive. And the pizza's not worth it. Like, we've Ooh. got too much good pizza here <laughs> to move to New Haven. I think you're going to stay with yeah. the yeah. on that one, man. <laughs> I, I, that is a hill What I happened with the shade? <laughs> Listen, our pizza that, is better, but our pizza is pretty better. good, though. I'm trying yeah. to figure out what pizza places you're talking about. The one I'm thinking about, I'm like, Dominic and Pia, woo, and then, like, where? Do you, you need like, more than Dominic well, and Pia? I've eaten, like, 80 places, but I'm like, I'm, Listen. look, I'm a pizza, I'm not a pizza, oh you know, aficionado, be, but, like. There should be a bingo card for when we're on the radio for, like, how many things can we say before it goes back to a food? <laughs> it's, like, anywhere. But seriously, um, I need a, I need a name. Okay, like, we'll, we'll, we'll like, circle back. Like Leave your... Are you talking about Amalfi? Are you talking like because drop your favorite pizza <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the Facebook chat? <laughs> Get myself off the Facebook live because people... <laughs> <laughs> tweet us your favorite uh, pizza place in in Waterbury. But anyway, at any rate, so it's time Waterbury. That's what we've been working on since um, since November, and and the website's live and applications are taken. So if you're looking to get more involved in politics in Waterbury. 
sign up. Do it. Fantastic. And, and I think it's, it, I think the commonality is when you're trying to get into politics or even learn about the city, it's kind of like invite only. And mm. when you're invited to those spaces, you're, you're kind of at the mercy because you, you don't know where to go. And so you're really providing that alternative of like, hey, you can start here. You don't have to do this. You can learn about everything in an unbiased way. So I think that's fantastic. All right. So for me, all right, we're plugging a whole lot here, folks. So <laughs> we have the Coffee and Convos with Liz podcast, where I talk about politics, wellness, and activism. We've had some amazing guests. I had um, Invest with D on. Um, she is an influencer who uses her TikTok platform to talk about women and investing. And I think as far as, you know, with, you know, women's rights and the turn, you know, really kind of saying, you know, women, let's get our coins together uh, so we can have more um, financial freedom, especially if uh, governmental places aren't going to do that. So that was most recent episode, as well as um, really talking about mindfulness and being in the moment and how to um, find the joy in hard situations. Um, so that's Coffee and Convos. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Coffee Convos Liz. Um, there is also, um, I am trying to be a budding author. So I have my first, uh, yeah, right? So I um, have okay. my first novel. And my website recently launched. It's called LizBullardWrites.com, where you'll see some blog information and information about uh, my book, which is available on Kindle Vela. It is uh, Kindle Vela is episodic reading, so you know you pay per per episode. Um, while I finish editing the book, so um, that's out there. And on the community front, we have the community garden, yes, um, which I'm doing um, with a local community club, and we have some veggies there. We still need some support as far as like volunteers, so feel free to reach out. Yeah, Chanel found it. Yep, that's my <laughs> yep. So Prophecy Trilogy Portal. I am very proud of this. Um, I have some awesome group of, of writer friends um, and they have been very fantastic and supportive over this last year and so um, me and a few friends are on Kendall Vela so check it out um, Community Garden what else um, I think those are the main things I want to plug so far um, trying some other entrepreneurship ventures that um, are soon to come great all right um, anything else oh, my goodness we are like full <laughs> like, we are like taking the city by storm um where are our officials like wh what are they doing um, <laughs> just just saying you know um we said we want young people to run we got young people running not getting an office but still doing stuff but people are Still getting political. We're checks just built that. different, Liz. I don't we know are. what to tell you. you, you it, can I say something? One hundred percent, and then throw us to break. <clears throat> I okay. I'll throw us to a break. I want you to do that. I'm not good at that. Okay, but I bye. will say that um, one of the conversations I had that was really interesting. Uh, we talk about pe young people getting involved. Is that I, when I was at the convention, I had no one. No one really spoke to me during, but mm -hmm. afterward, everyone had words. Right. Like, of course. You know, once the deed was done, everyone wanted. <laughs> to, but um. Like, I remember having a conversation with one of the state reps, and they let me know, well, you know, we were in, I was in the same spot that you were in, right? I had to gather signatures to get on the DTC and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, you know, that was eight years ago. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> eight years ago, you scraped to get in. And why am I having this issue now? Who's the person to hold the door open to say, hey, right. you know what I mean? Like, to share that political capital, exactly. especially when you know that you're not getting, like, it is very hard. I like to say it's like a towny feel. Like unless you know mm. someone, it's like uh -uh, I'm not doing and that. That's, and that's the point I made to them. Mm -hmm. I said you realize 
that there are people in this room right now who walk to things that you had to build a plane and fly to. Yes. Mm. Like, you didn't have yes. to scrape and claw your way in. They made you do that. Mm -hmm. And just like in the same way that when new people show up, not to not to cause chaos, not to cause disruption, but to be part of the solution, you force them into the same spaces that you were forced into for fear of what? Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get an answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the truth is for fear of losing what you perceive to be power, because honestly, if you don't effectively use it, power is useless. Right. Mm -hmm. Who actually has it? Or are you someone's, you know, puppet? But you can say <laughs> whatever that looks like. But I but that was that was my issue is that like we get in and then you realize that people are making you jump through hoops because either they had to do it yeah. or they don't want to make space for you. And so. Mm. We're out here making space for ourselves in the ways that they can't because we're doing it authentically. Mm -hmm. We're doing yeah. it because we're driven by a, a call to service and duty and not because of what it represents. Like, we don't need a title to do the right thing. That's right. And with that, I say we can actually go to break. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> Good place to pause. All right, we are back. Uh, my name is Liz, host of Coffee and Combos, and shout out to WATR 1320 for allowing um, us to be a guest on um, this hour, these these hours of Talk of the Town. Um, and I am here with some great friends. If you have missed out, uh, you missed out on our community updates and all the things we are doing to uh, make space, as Charnel has said. So I'll allow them to reintroduce themselves. So I think we started with... so. <coughs> Uh, Dimitri. All right. Dimitri Coles, um, president and co-founder of Waterbury Strong. Uh, yeah. Charnel Bush, uh, candidate for the 15th District State Senate. And Bilal Tajaline, one of the co-founders of It's Time Waterbury. And so for these next couple minutes, we're going to be talking about the issues, um, things that have been on and around um, uh, topics of conversation in Waterbury. Uh, some are spicier than others. Um, we'll give you an opportunity to call in and after the, I think around the 1140 time. Um, so if you have something to say, feel free. We're here to talk and discuss. Um, all right. Uh, how's, how spicy do we want to start? Like, um, spicy. Listen, oh. you all woke up and chose violence. Today, so like, I don't Where's know what, button? I don't know what you're trying to do. If you haven't been listening to coffee and combos, you have missed that. We be hitting the hot topic. So we'll, we'll start in. So, um, if you've missed um, the most recent uh, Republican-American uh, came out, I think, either yesterday or today, um, the mayor had discussions in regards to um, school shooters and, and policies in regards to um, police involvement. And um, some of the things that the article talked about was the first officer on scene having the authority to enter a building, um, not just in regards to, to schools, but anytime there's an active shooter in the school to um, subdue the threat of violence and doesn't need permission to use deadly force. And um, the mayor was on um, the radio and discussed that there's been a lot of um, conversations in regards to the Uvalde shooting and, and how to keep people safe. And so he discussed um, uh, arming officers with rifles. I believe they already have some. I think he's looking to have some more. Um, and so that was the overall gist of the article is keeping people safe. Um, and um, I have thoughts, but I will, <laughs> I'll, I'll open it to the floor. Um, Why don't you lead us off? You have, you oh, have yeah, so okay. you have these thoughts. I want to make sure that we are. Oh, okay. So, and again, feel free to disagree, but um, 
it seemed a little counterproductive, right? And so I, I give room and er error in case maybe I heard it wrong or maybe I'm not seeing the vision. But it does. It seems a bit unsafe to say, okay, first person on scene, you get to go in, guns blazing, and take out this threat. Um, and he referenced like that could have stopped the, the, the shooting in Uvalde. There were a lot of things that, you know, reports have said have went wrong. Um, in that case, I, I don't know if that's the best, especially I think there's a lot of unknown factors. Um, again, I, I think that being able to have the person apprehended allows for prevention. You know, like what led up to this? You know, it le allows you to have more information. I feel some of these recent shootings, um, it's just been kind of like also for the victim, this lack of closure of well, why and what happened? You have all these questions that aren't answered. So being able to have closure, being able to have some prevention steps. Um, I, so I just, I, I feel like there could be more conversation around this. So those are some of my initial thoughts. Mm. You know, I will second that. Um, Liz, I agree with you. There's not enough focus on prevention. So when this unfortunate situation happened, <clears throat> the conversation automatically shifted to, you know, why did the police act or not act the way that they did? And now that's a narrative that's spreading across across the country. But, you know, the questions that people should be asking is how did the person have access to, mm -hmm. you know, entering the school? <clears throat> um, you know, why weren't the parents, you know, their concerns actually considered? Why was the focus... You know, uh, I mean, I guess you could say that it's for the safety, but when, you know, parents, from what I was reading and what I know, um, they, you know, wanted to actually um, go in there and save their kids, mm -hmm. which is a natural parent response, you know. Um, and I focus on one in particular. I don't want to make this completely about Uvalde, but um, that one mom mm -hmm. who, you know, was outspoken about the entire situation, who actually got by them and actually rescued her two kids, you know, um, there were reports of, you know, there were threats that were made to her from, you know, high-ranking officials in the city um, about her speaking on the event. Um, and it really points to the sentiment, which I believe here in Waterbury is an over-reliance on the police. Um, and they are not meant to handle everything, mm -hmm. naturally, especially here in Waterbury where, you know, there are historical sentiments held between a large populations of the people who already have mm. preconceived notions with, you know, with police officers and everything. So um, that's just the reality, what it, what it is. You know, you know, you could bring as many horses as you want into <laughs> Truman Projects. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to change, mm. you know, their view of, of the police and, you know, their trauma that they believe that they experience with through the police. So um, the right questions aren't being asked, questions that are the source Verse that address the source versus addressing the symptoms aren't being asked. So that's what I was really I got from the article that there wasn't really any questions surrounding that. It's just like you know, you know, we can the police can protect. You know, they will act this way. Like I'm very confident that in our police force. I mean, and that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're a former police chief. You're in the mayor. You're supposed to say that. You know, someone give you that as a political talking point. You know, um, and the same thing with chief. You know, I honestly believe that they have the utmost faith in, faith in their police officers, but who's to say that the Uvalde police chief didn't have the utmost faith in his police officers, that the people didn't have the utmost faith in the police department as a whole, that they would protect their kids. But when the reality of the situation set in, it was the complete opposite. So um, I just feel like, yeah, it was enough closure for families. And those are some very strong sentiments to say. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I'm. 
I'm of the mindset, like, saying things like, uh, we can talk about, like, physical violence and, and death are all, you know, keywords when you're having conversations about shootings. Um, like, let's be realistic. Like, police get their power from their discretion to use violence, mm-hmm. right? Like, that is why people, when police show up, people expect behavior to change because they could lose their lives or be maimed, whatever, you know. And so, like, you saying that the police can use violence doesn't instill any kind of sense of safety into me. Specifically, as a as a young black man, um, when so when I'm when I'm moving through things and I'm looking at this, I'm looking at specifically how do we get to the prevention point? Like, I don't want to have to think about what happens when it happens again. We're having too many conversations about when the next mass shooting happens. I'm like, how about we work our I can't cuss our tails <laughs> off, right, to make sure that they don't happen as often to make right. sure that we don't have to, like there was a, we talk about safety. There was a guy who wandered his way into whams. Well, mm. a month and a half ago. And my niece texted me like, Oh, there's a guy here. We don't know what's going on. Mm. And I'm like at work freaking out, like what? And you know, so it's a matter of one school safety, but also a matter of like mental health options and resources, a matter of gun education, gun safety, um, and gun and gun violence prevention that we really need to lean into. It's just not a matter of how we're going to react because we all were mm-hmm. eighth graders once saying, you know, if that happened to me, I would do this. And like, mm-hmm. but when it shows up in your face, mm-hmm. like things like Dimitri say, things change. So let's mm-hmm. not talk about what we do when kids are dying. Let's talk about how we keep kids from dying. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so one of the things I, I learned recently, um, sort of trying to examine why uh, response times are what they are, mm-hmm. was according to both the Supreme Court and federal courts, police officers are not legally obligated to, you know, sort of quote unquote protect and serve. There is no obligation for anyone to put themselves into a situation at, at which they might find their own life at greater risk. Um, and the Supreme Court since the 80s has held up that that is true. Um, and just for folks who are maybe listening or curious, some of those cases are Warren v. District of Columbia, DeShaney versus Winnebago County Department of Social Services, Castle Rock versus Gonzalez, and uh, most recently around the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland, Florida. Um, courts have upheld that they don't they, they don't have to. Um, so if that's true, right, if there is not an obligation to to put your life in greater danger, um, then I then the conversation on prevention and root causes gets a whole new level of urgency mm-hmm. because there is no plan B, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you you because you can't hire for um, altruism, right? That can't be part of your civil service, you know, uh, exam. So how do we actually make sure that if something happens? That the, people are, are protected, right? Like, is that an infrastructure equation? Mm-hmm. Like, are we outfitting our schools with, you know, like, I remember, um, you know, I went to a small private Catholic schools in Waterbury, like, doors didn't necessarily even lock, right? Now things can only lock from one side and not the other, or, like, all the windows can be closed mm-hmm. or barred or they're double paned. Like, is that an infrastructure question? Is that a um, a policy question? So I don't know. I just I found that really interesting that that the Supreme, according to the Supreme Court, um, there is no legal obligation. You know, and, and um, any other thoughts before? Because um, we have about two minutes left in this hour. Any other thoughts? All right. You know, and and again, um, for those I know, this is a hot topic, and people are like, "Oh my God, these liberals don't support the police." It, it's not about that. It, it's really about 
it is not a one-sided issue. So what are the multi-layers and mm-hmm. are we addressing the multi-layers? Mm-hmm. So not only that if this does happen, there's protection, but how do we prevent it? How do we prevent the severity? And so really thinking and, and having those difficult conversations, even when we don't agree of how do, how do we keep everybody safe? Mm-hmm. And until everyone is safe, then no one is safe. Um, and so um, the last comment that I want to make before break is, so he ends the article um, with, this quote saying, defunding the police movement, did it have an impact on Waterbury? Absolutely not, the mayor said. It didn't have an impact on Waterbury because we didn't do it and we won't do it ever while I'm here. The more the community has interpersonal contact with the law enforcement officers, the better the community is. Again, having a really one-sided dimension, I think it's a really strong um, platform that he has set. But he has not been so strong with cannabis, which we will discuss when we come back on this break. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all, that's a wrap on the first hour of our WATR takeover. Stay tuned for hour two. Be well and take care.